will be debating the theme of The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. The book, The Great Gatsby, is about Nick Carraway's interactions with his neighbor, Jay Gatsby, and Gatsby's obsession with reuniting with his lover, Daisy. Daisy and Gatsby came from different social classes, the former being rich and the latter being poor. Gatsby, however, worked hard and accumulated wealth through his own means, bringing him up to Daisy's level. However, even with all that money, it didn't bring Gatsby or Daisy any happiness. The two themes being debated are the American dream and the division and hollowness of class. The most important theme in The Great Gatsby is the futility and inaccessibility of the American dream. This is shown because Gatsby, coming from nothing, externally seems to have broken into the upper class, but could never obtain what he viewed as the true American dream. Gatsby is also eventually destroyed by his pursuit of his dream, and the stark difference between classes makes the dream of rising in class nearly impossible. This shows how unrealistic the American dream truly is. And while some may argue that the futility of the American dream is not the strongest theme in the novel, this will be addressed later. Even though Gatsby appears to be a self-made man, he was never truly accepted into the upper class, and his American dream, Daisy, is still inaccessible. Uh, Anna Bullock said, In Chapter 6, we learn about Gatsby's less-than-wealthy past, which not only makes him look like the star of a rags-to-riches story, it makes Gatsby himself seem like someone in pursuit of the American dream. And for him, the personification of that dream is Daisy. Here, Daisy is a representation of Gatsby's American dream, which is social acceptance. If a man like him could score a girl like Daisy, then he truly would have made it in life. Gatsby is seeking everything that he would need in order to win Daisy, money, social affluence and standing, material possessions. However, even after he has all these things, Daisy chooses to stay with Tom, highlighting the inaccessibility of his American dream. And Fitzgerald in The Great Gatsby said, I have an idea that Gatsby himself didn't believe it would come, and perhaps he no longer cared. If that was true, he must have felt that he had lost the old, warm world, paid a high price for living too long with a single dream. For so long, Gatsby was chasing after money, Daisy, and acceptance with the old money folks, his singular dream. Yet it all came to naught in the end when the stubborn bulldogs still didn't accept him, and Gatsby died as a consequence of getting tangled with them. By definition, Gatsby should have achieved the American dream yet he still hasn't. His failure to truly climb the social ladder, even when he gained affluence, still didn't gain his place with the elite upper class, reaffirms the futility of seeking the American dream. Fitzgerald also said, but I didn't call to him, for he gave a sudden intimation that he was content to be alone. He stretched out his arms towards the dark water in a curious way, and far as I was from him, I could have sworn he was trembling. Involuntarily, I glanced seaward and distinguished nothing except a single green light minute and far away, that might have been the end of a dock. Here, Gatsby is reaching for the green light, which is shown later to be Daisy. Gatsby is reaching out for better things, things beyond himself, but they are always just out of grasp. In Gatsby's futile attempts to reach his own American dream, he meets his end, highlighting the hopelessness of seeking it in the first place. Fitzgerald said, A small gust of wind that scarcely corrugated the surface was enough to disturb its accidental course with its accidental burden. The touch of a cluster of leaves revolved around it slowly, tracing like the leg of a compass, a thin red circle in the water. Because of the misunderstanding regarding his car, Gatsby was shot by Wilson. The whole affair situation involving Gatsby and Daisy and Tom and Myrtle led to Gatsby's death because he couldn't stop himself from getting involved with them. He should have known that Daisy was unachievable, yet he pursued her anyways, and he died because of it. Fitzgerald also wrote, I was relieved, too, for that seemed to promise another friend at Gatsby's grave. 
I didn't want it to be in the papers and draw a sightseeing crowd, so I'd been calling up a few people myself. They were hard to find. Here, Nick is having a hard time finding people to come to Gatsby's funeral. Nobody wants to attend because nobody really knew him. Jay Gatsby may have found himself money and materialism, but his place in the upper class was fragile and precarious, toppling the moment he died. True Americanism, and with it the dream, was not shown by those with old money in The Great Gatsby. He was never truly the old money folks' equal, so they abandoned him the moment he could no longer provide them with free parties and entertainment. And while it may seem that Gatsby had achieved the American dream and broken through to the upper class, it was all merely a facade whose grand curtain fell upon it all too soon. Uh, Angela Hickey noted, The Great Gatsby is Fitzgerald's indictment of the American dream. For Nick, Gatsby's death represents the debasement of that dream. To Nick, Gatsby represented all that the American dream should and could be. A self-made man who climbed the social ladder and was now rich with many friends, he seemed untouchable. Yet that all came crashing down around Nick's ears when Gatsby died because it showed him that even those with great wealth still meet the end of it, and them, so there is a great weight of futility in seeking the dream. With old money and affluence come a lack of consequences, making those higher on the socio-economic ladder seem detached from reality, practically untouchable, creating a stark contrast to those who are poorer and constantly stepped on by the upper class, unable to improve their economic standing. In a literary analysis conducted by Cliff Notes, it was said, in many ways the social elite are right, the new money people cannot be like them, and in many ways that works in their favor. Those in society's highest echelon are not nice people at all. They are judgmental and superficial, failing to look at the essence of the people around them, and themselves too. Instead, they live their lives in such a way as to perpetuate their sense of superiority. Even though new money people are indeed rich and should be able to move up in social standing, they can't. The consequence of the gentry's elitist cruelty is an intolerance for social mobility. Their sense of superiority, even to those in the same socioeconomic bracket, highlights the futility of the American dream, as it shows that true class ascension is inaccessible. Referencing consequences, Fitzgerald said, They were careless people, Tom and Daisy. They smashed up things and then retreated back into their money and let other people clean up the mess they had made. Here, Nick is disturbed by Tom and Daisy's behavior and indifference, and is frustrated by how much trouble they cause. Especially in the case of Gatsby's car, Gatsby's life, Nick's innocence, and Myrtle Wilson, where they come in and smash things up, Tom and Daisy use their wealth status to take advantage and do whatever they please. Fitzgerald also wrote, As we crossed Blackwell's island, a limousine passed us, driven by a white chauffeur in which sat three modish two bucks and a girl. I laughed aloud as the yolks of their eyeballs rolled towards us in haughty rivalry. Anything can happen now that we've slid over this bridge, I thought. Anything at all. Here, Nick laughs at another car with a white driver and three black passengers. It is implied that the car passing Nick's is full of rich people, yet even still, Nick finds humor in the fact that they think they are equals or even competitors to be bested. Even though Nick himself is a victim of prejudice, he still has a deep-rooted sense of it in his mind. Those people probably work very hard to attain the affluence they have, and Nick steps all over them like he hasn't even noticed the old and new money division in the upper class. F. Scott Fitzgerald said, Whenever you feel like criticizing anyone, he told me, just remember that all the people in this world haven't had the advantages that you've had. The theme of the Great Gatsby is the hollowness and division of class. There are countless examples of this throughout the novel. In the book, Gatsby lives a lavish life, but lacks the fulfillment he desires. Regardless of his wealth, he can tell his life is lacking something. Though Daisy is married to an affluent man, she is filled with a feeling of disillusionment. 
She sees through the thinly veiled parties and sees the true emptiness that this era holds. Nick, although reasonably wealthy, feels ostracized from Gatsby's opulent lifestyle in comparison. Some may argue that the hollowness of class is not the strongest theme in the novel, but we can address that later on. Jay Gatsby's life may be brimming with opulence, but his inner cup of fulfillment remains depressingly dry. Nick Carraway, in reference to Gatsby's parties, says, I spent my Saturday nights in New York because those gleaming, dazzling parties of his were with me so vividly that I could still hear the music and the laughter, faint and incessant, from his gardens and the cars going up and down his drive. Here it is demonstrated how firmly seated Gatsby is in the upper class, throwing lavish parties almost every weekend. In the novel, however, it is mentioned that Nick was the only guest who was ever invited. Everyone else just showed up, many not even bothering to meet the host. It is frequently mentioned that almost no one in the party actually knows who Gatsby is. Though Gatsby is surrounded by people at these parties, they are deeply superficial. It would be difficult for Gatsby to say he has any true friends. Many of Gatsby's partygoers gossip about Gatsby's past. Nick comments on this. It was testimony to the romantic speculation he inspired that there were whispers about him from those who found little that it was necessary to whisper about in this world. This shows how little people truly know about Gatsby and who he really is. Describing Gatsby's funeral, Mr. Carraway states, About five o'clock, our procession of three cars reached the cemetery and stopped in a thick drizzle beside the gate. First, a motor hearse, horribly black and wet. Then Mr. Gats and the minister and I in the limousine. Out of the hundreds of people who came to his parties, only Nick came to Gatsby's funeral. Daisy, who Gatsby died for, didn't even show up. This shows how all his acquaintances were lost once they could not benefit off his money. Daisy Buchanan, although married to a well-to-do man, is still strongly affected by feelings of dissatisfaction. While talking to Nick, Daisy states, Well, I've had a very bad time, Nick, and I'm pretty cynical about everything. After which, she begins to describe the birth of her daughter and the abandonment and sadness she felt during it. She married Tom Buchanan and became incredibly wealthy, but still was not satisfied. The emptiness of their marriage is shown in this conversation as Daisy talks about Tom's absence at the birth of her child. Daisy cries into Gatsby's shirts while over at his house. She says, They're such beautiful shirts, she sobbed, her voice muffled in the thick folds. It makes me sad because I've never seen such, such beautiful shirts before. It can be inferred from the scenario she is crying from seeing Gatsby again after being with Tom for so many years. Daisy's husband, Tom, is shown in the book as untrue. He cheats on Daisy with Myrtle. Gatsby, on the other hand, while not from the upper class, always stayed loyal to Daisy, even though he wasn't truly with her. Leland S. Person Jr. states, in a literary analysis of The Great Gatsby, quote, In choosing Tom Buchanan over the absent Gatsby, Daisy has allowed her life to be shaped forever by the crude force of Tom's money. Yet, Daisy discovers as early as her honeymoon that Tom's world is hopelessly corrupt. In fact, Daisy's lyric energy must be frozen before she will marry Buchanan, end quote. Daisy's wedding is described in the book as full of pomp and circumstance. Yet, before the wedding, Daisy cries and talks about how she has changed her mind. She goes through with the wedding anyways, 
and the unhappy wedding day sets the precedent for the rest of their relationship. While Nick Carraway is by no means impoverished, the extravagant lifestyle of Gatsby, Daisy, and Tom still creates feelings of division. In reference to Nick, David O'Rourke said, He has never had much difficulty seeing through the artifices of the East, perhaps because Tom and Daisy are such splendid examples of its opulence. Nick realizes that even though the Buchanan family and him are technically part of the same class, there is a clear emptiness within the East and those who call themselves the upper class. While reflecting, Nick says, High over the city, our line of yellow windows must have contributed to their share of human secrecy to the casual watcher in the darkening streets. And I was him too, looking up and wondering. I was within and without, simultaneously enchanted and repelled by the inexhaustible variety of life. Nick feels a strong kinship with those not living as wealthy of a life. As he spends time with the Buchanans, he realizes that he does not fit in with the elites as well as he thought he did. When spending time with Daisy Buchanan, Nick states, You make me feel uncivilized, Daisy. I confessed on my second glass of corky, but rather impressive claret. Can't you talk about crops or something? Caraway struggles to relate when talking to Daisy about wealthy life and wishes for her to talk about more common matters. This emphasizes the large division he sees between himself and the rest of the upper class. Some may argue that the hollowness of class is the strongest theme within The Great Gatsby, and while this is a strong argument, it's not the most heavily present theme in the novel. Gatsby's primary focus in the book is to get with Daisy, a, a way to prove to himself and others that he had indeed moved up in life and achieved the American dream. He does have money, he does have class, and so some would argue that he already made it. However, he has new money, and thus is not accepted by the old money folks. And This does lead to him feeling unsatisfied with life, but it comes more as a consequence of not having fulfilled the American dream rather than class itself being hollow. Some argue that the inaccessibility and the futility of the American dream is a stronger theme than the hollowness of class within The Great Gatsby. However, while the story does discuss this theme, it is not the most potent theme in the book. Gatsby's failure to win Daisy, although he has the money and means to, is a further example of the emptiness of wealth. Gatsby has a firm belief that once he gets money, once he can give Daisy extravagant parties in a big house, he will win her. Gatsby has lived a life believing that once he is rich, everything will fall into place and his life will be all that he has ever wanted. However, all his planning falls apart as none of the efforts he has made come to fruition. Even though he has worked tirelessly to obtain his wealth, he is left with truly nothing as he realizes wealth doesn't bring happiness. His belief in money to solve his problems fails him. So you argue Gatsby's unfulfillment in life. However, does that not mean that Gatsby has indeed not achieved the American dream, even though he is indeed wealthy, thus highlighting the futility of seeking it? So a quote from Bill Stark. During the 1920s, the perception of the American dream was that an individual can achieve success in life, regardless of family history or social status, if only they work hard enough. The culture of the wealthy Americans represented in Gatsby was defined mainly by consumerism and excessive material wealth. So in the 1920s, the American dream had a strong correlation with wealth. Nowadays, the American dream is further defined as success, but The Great Gatsby is a narrative discussing how the pursuit of the American dream within the 1920s is hollow because it only focuses on wealth and class. 
You also argue that class is entirely hollow. However, as is evident in the large crowds that attend Gatsby's parties, do they not enjoy having money? I mean, do Tom and Daisy also not enjoy the privilege and influence that come from having high class? I do not argue that wealth never brings any form of satisfaction. Wealth and class can offer security and comfort, which are crucial in living a happy life. However, living a fulfilled life does not equate to living a happy life. I argue that the joy scene is frequently superficial. The wealthy members of society are thrilled to be rich, and many of them are satisfied living a lonely life full of gold. But it must be noted that such a lifestyle makes it difficult to make deep emotional connections with others because monetary wealth is deemed as crucial. You have discussed how Gatsby failed to obtain the true American dream and how that destroyed him. However, what would you define the American dream as, and why do you say that Gatsby did not achieve it? So from a textbook standpoint, yes, he did achieve the American dream. He used the equal opportunity given to everyone to become a self-made man and move up in class. However, that was not Gatsby's American dream. To him, the American dream was to move up and to be accepted, which didn't happen thanks to the stubbornness of the old money crowd, as I mentioned earlier. And Daisy was a representation of that dream for Gatsby, and she was entirely the reason why he even sought after becoming rich in the first place. In the end, though, he doesn't get her, and it thus shows why attempting to seek after the dream in the first place is futile. Does Gatsby's failure to achieve such a dream not only prove that wealth and class are empty and have little to do with the joy and hope the American dream promises? Well, not entirely. While he did achieve higher class standing and that did not bring him what he was seeking, it wasn't the hollowness of his social position that caused Gatsby to not achieve his dream. In the end, it was just a decision on Daisy's part to stay with Tom. Class had nothing to do with it. Gatsby was technically in the same social bracket, it just came down to Daisy making a decision between two men. Daisy did love Tom, and so she chose him. This doesn't prove that class is hollow. In conclusion, a primary literary refrain within The Great Gatsby is that the American dream is futile and inaccessible, because Gatsby, in spite of all his wealth, was never to obtain the promises of the American dream, and in pursuit of the American dream, Gatsby meets his demise. And also, the American dream is unattainable due to stark differences and divisions between classes. And some say that there are stronger themes contained in The Great Gatsby, in essence the hollowness of class, and while the inanition of class is a theme present in the novel, the inaccessibility of the American dream is stronger. It is shown when Gatsby cannot achieve Daisy and when Nick is still barred from truly integrating into the upper class thanks to the old money crowd. They do find joy in having money and having class. Uh, look at Gatsby's parties. They were enjoyable, but it was the fact that Gatsby could not reach his dream that gave him that empty feeling, not however hollow class might be. Fitzgerald wrote, Now it was again a green light on a dock. His count of enchanted objects had diminished by one. Gatsby tried to reach that great American dream, but the price of achieving such a lofty goal was too much. The essential theme within The Great Gatsby is that class is unfulfilling and hollow. There are countless examples of how wealth didn't bring any of the characters shown the joy and happiness that they sought after. Even though Gatsby is wealthy, he still feels unsatisfied with his life. Daisy, while a prosperous woman, has become cynical over time due to her wealth, and Nick struggles to relate to the rest of the elites, even though he, too, is a part of the upper class. Some argue that the inaccessibility and futility of the American dream is a stronger theme in The Great Gatsby. But while obtaining the American dream is a prevalent theme within the novel, Class in and of itself is the basis of the American dream. You cannot achieve the true American dream without rising in class. 
The Great Gatsby focuses heavily on how even though the characters are living the so-called American dream, they feel empty and lack the proper fulfillment they truly desire in life. This novel focuses so heavily on feelings of emptiness and dissatisfaction that one cannot deny the prevalence of the hollowness of class. Quote, she vanished into her rich house, into her rich, full life, leaving Gatsby nothing. End quote. The great Gatsby tells a story of a group of elites and how their wealth led them to true emptiness, resulting not in decadent parties and shimmering lights, but broken hearts, empty houses, and bloody endings. As can be seen, both these themes are crucial to understanding the story of the great Gatsby, and both themes are very intertwined. Though they have much in common, they are still distinct, and both sides present compelling arguments for why each theme is the most prevalent. Truly, it is up to each reader of the book to decide the main theme for themselves.